All right. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Bullpen Blues. As always, I'm your co-host, Kevin Dixon, joined by our good buddy, David Esser. David, how are we doing? Kevin, doing well. Uh, you know, MLB is in a lockout with the Bullpen Blues podcast. Press is on. Yeah. We are back. We We're move. here to talk. We're here to talk some Phillies baseball. Um, you know, for those of us who are like myself and Kevin, who our whole life revolves around baseball and the Phillies, it's, it's been a rough couple of weeks. Yeah, so we're uh, we're here to hopefully bridge the gap just a little bit. Yeah, I mean, um, after we recorded our last pod, the Phillies made a move almost immediately. So the the hope is, you know, we release this pod and Major League Baseball gets moving a bit here. Because that seems to be how it, how it goes. Yeah, I mean, we we just had to jump back on to, to spur people into action again. Because you're right, that's exactly what happened last time. We dropped our perfect <laughs> offseason, and two days later, Dombrowski was like, all right, got to start signing guys. Yeah, I, I do want to say, right on track, um, Corey Knable signing with the Philadelphia Phillies. Uh, the Kevin Dixon perfect offseason is one check down. Oh, did you have him? I don't even remember. I had, I, I had him on a two-year deal. There you go. For That's about great. what he got, but instead he got all of that over one year. Yeah, so. you know, whatever. It's not, it's not our money. Um, but yeah, let's <laughs> jump right into that because that is the big signing that happened uh, before the league went into a lockout. Corey Kadeba, one-year deal, $10 million. Kevin, a lot of people were maybe a little bit iffy on this deal because there's – first of all, it was a lot of money. Um, it was a lot of money for a guy who hasn't really been a closer the last couple of years, and it was a lot of money for a guy who's, who's battled some injuries. Kevin, we talked about this when we did our perfect offseason. The Phillies aren't in a position to play things safe anymore. They have no. too many holes. They're too far behind the Dodgers. They're too far behind the Braves. They might be too far behind the Mets right now when you look at a pure roster construction. So you got to take some risks. And honestly, in terms of high upside, was there a more high upside reliever on the market than Corey Kniebel? Um, I would say no. And even like high upside based, like what's his floor? Because I think his floor is pretty good too. Like, you know, so like, I, like, I, I think this is obviously it's a risky move in terms of health, but you know, being on the field and he's dominant. His, his curveball slide or whatever you want to call it. It's one of the best in baseball, just straight up. It's, it's crazy strikeout stuff, which is something the Phillies need in that back end role. They've tried to put, Weak contact guys in the closer role before yeah, no. it doesn't, doesn't work. work. They just they just don't yeah. have the defense. Um, you know, and obviously the Phillies are going to look different next year, but their infield's going to largely stay the same. They don't have the defense for a guy who's 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 throwing ground ball. So you have a guy in Corey Kniebel, just crazy strikeout stuff, just high fastball, wicked slider, just tons of movement. Guy who's pitched in the postseason, guy who's pitched for the Dodgers, guy who's been in a very very good closer in the past with the Brewers. Uh, I, I don't look, there's no such thing as a bad one year deal. Look, if he gets hurt two weeks in the season, we're all upset. We're all pissed. But, but for the most part, if he's on the field, if he's yep. pitching, if he's there for 162, I think he's going to be one of the better closers in the national league. Yeah. And I mean, he's still pretty young, David, like the, uh, the idea for him apparently is he wants to get that monster closer deal. We'll see what happens. Um, but he's still young enough to where like he's 30 years old. Could be part of the future here as well. Like it, it doesn't have to be a one-year thing. Yeah, I absolutely agree. Um, you know, and I, I know there was some talks of maybe Knievel not being the closer when he was signed. I know there was still the Craig Kimball thing being floated out there. I know Josh Hader's name had been thrown out there. Um, 
pretty confident he is going to be the closer at 10 million. Um, you know, like you said, it sounds like he was signing with the idea of resetting his market as an elite closer so they can go chase that monster contract, which we've seen teams are willing to pay. Uh, you look at Liam Hendricks deal last year with the White Sox. I mean, just massive money for uh, for closers. So it's definitely possible. And it's just, you know, he, he has the opportunity. There's probably going to be games where Kniebel's asked to take down two innings, at, uh, you know, at, at the back of the bullpen. So I think it's a good opportunity for him. Um, and I think it's a good signing for the Phillies. They get a guy who's who's been a closer, a lot of strikeout stuff, and and he's coming off a you know a strong postseason run with the Dodgers. Yeah, it's just funny. Uh, there was a lot of pushback the day he got signed, and it's like people were banging down the door for the Phillies to make a move. The Phillies make a move, and people don't like it. And it's like beggars can't be choosers, man. You know, you want this team to be active. They they make a big splash like this, and there's pushback. Okay, you're not going to please everybody, but. Like, what exactly do you want them to do? You know, like they're they're trying. Like, right? like this is certainly a move that, that that helps. Yeah, I mean, people complaining for for weeks that the Phillies were just letting free agents get signed, and I'm like, here's a like everybody knew Knievel was on the Phillies' radar from the second yeah. the offseason started, and then they went and got him before the lockout ended. I don't see how there's anything to really be upset about. Now I agree. Uh, I'm glad they got it done before the lockout as well. Yes, absolutely. Um, and I think on that topic of people being upset with the deal, I think the other thing that had people, you know, maybe feeling a little bit of ill will towards the signing was was Hector Neres, um, not re-signing with the Phillies. He went to Houston um, two years. I believe it was eight point five per year, which is a lot, a lot of money for Hector, in my opinion. Um, and I think this is where you start to see Dombrowski aggressively looking to reshape the roster. And we've talked about Hector before. We both think he was very good. I think we both, or at least I had him in my perfect offseason. I believe you didn't. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. But he was in that conversation of this is a guy the Phillies are probably going to be talking to, looking to bring back. He was a good setup man this year. But I think sometimes, Kevin, like at this point with this team, any change is good change. I think we all agree Hector has a role on the Phillies. Right, like he would be a good reliever there, but can you really commit eight point five million to a guy who's who's for the most part been up and down? He's had good seasons, he's had bad seasons, he's had weeks where he looks like an elite closer, he's had weeks where he's unusable past the sixth inning. So I understand the sentimental part. I understand he was the longest tenured Philly. I get all that eight point five million. I'd rather just invest that toward a guy like Knievel, who's pitched in the postseason, who's been a closer, who's been on the Dodgers. A guy who's who's more accustomed to winning, a guy who's more accustomed to pitching in the big spots late in games. I mean, he was opening games for the Dodgers in, in the playoffs this yeah. year. Um, so to kind of wrap up the rant, it, it's nothing to do with Hector, but at some point you just can't keep bringing back the same guys and expecting results to be different. Yeah, and I saw a lot of um, bigger personalities in Philadelphia Sports Radio just mentioned and how they'd rather have Neris over Knebel on the contract. And it's just like, why? Like what is Neris's ceiling compared to what's Corey Knebel's ceiling, who has already had a season of sub two, uh, you know, 39 saves, all-star. Hector Neris has never touched those type of numbers. He's never come close to anything like that. So like that argument never really made sense to me. Like, I guess the extra year is nice, but like the year it's a million and a half a year difference. Like you're paying eight and a half instead of 10. I never really understood that that type of uh, view 
like why I, I don't know how they're basically I just think Knievel's ceilings is so much higher than Hector Neris like we know what Neris is we know what we know what he can be and it's the same with Knievel like we've seen what his peak can be like I, I, I'll take my chances with Knievel absolutely and I saw a good number of people suggesting the Phillies should have signed both and I'm like listen guys we there's still a hole in left field if they want to spend the money yeah uh, yeah yeah, if they want to shatter through the luxury tax, go for it. I don't think they're going to do that. But there's still a hole in left field. There's still a hole in center field. There's still a hole at shortstop. There might be a hole at third base. You still got to fill probably a you know a number five, number six starter. Like, I'm sorry, everyone, but <laughs> yeah, spending just... 18.5 million on on relievers right now is just, it's just not in the cards. Or and if you're going to do that, they have to have a little bit higher upside than Hector Neris. And, and you know I like Hector Neris, but like, like what are you paying for? He's going to have, have an ERA in the threes. Like, that's nice, but $8.5 million? Yeah, I mean, you, you look around the league, you look at the, the really good teams, uh, they're, they're getting mid threes, you know, from guys on arbitration money. They're getting mid threes yeah. from guys on, you know, salaries under a million. Like, that's what the good teams, and I think that's what the Phillies are trying to do. You know, you look at how they pitch to a mid three on a minor league deal two years ago. Yeah, our, our good friend Blake Parker. We love him right here. Um, no, you're absolutely right. I mean, and you look at – I think that's what the Phillies are trying to do. You look at guys like Coonrod, Alvarado. They claimed Ryan Sheriff from Tampa Bay. Um, yeah. They claimed the one reliever. His name is escaping me from Houston. Like, I think that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to get these guys to come in, fill those in innings on way less money, which is what they should be doing. I would agree. No, I agree. Um they still probably need to add another reliever. I, I, I think so. Um, but I feel a lot better about their bullpen today than I did before the lockout begun. Yeah, absolutely agree. And I do think they, they need to add one more type of arm. I know they were talking to uh, Michael Givens before the lockout ended. Yeah, love, love Michael that. Givens. I think he'd yeah. be a really good fit uh, right behind Knievel. But um, all right, Kevin, let's get away from the bullpen for a second. Um, I know we are the bullpen blues, but there are other positions on this team that need upgrading. I want, I want to turn towards uh, left field because they were close. It didn't happen because of the lockout, but they were close. Kyle Schwarber, Phillies. I don't, want to, I don't want to go too far here. It feels like it's just a matter of time for this to happen. Yeah, it seems like he's going to be a Philadelphia Philly. Totally agree. Um, the reports are that they were they were pretty damn close. Uh, who's the who was the reporter? He had the tweet in the dress. Uh, Robert he Murray was fan sided. Is it Robert Murray? Yes, yes, Rob Murray. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, Schwarber's a guy that me and you have talked ourselves into a lot more than you. Let's say, you know, three months ago, a year ago on the show, I, I was ripping Kyle Schwarber. Uh, <laughs> I do. I remember this. Kevin Long seems to have kind of changed the trajectory of his career. And he kind of looks like, at least this past season, he looked like the guy who was taken fourth overall in the MLB draft. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what kind of money he commands because horrendous defensive player. He can play multiple positions. But, you know, I, I think a big thing as well with him is it made sense to kind of wait out the lockout. You know, if they get the universal DH, his value just increases. You know, there's more teams that can be in on him. Um, but it does kind of seem like if you're reading the tea leaves that, you know, he's going to be down in red pitch stripes. 
Yeah, and I believe it was Jim Salisbury had had the number at seventy to eighty million over four years, which I'm guessing the Phillies were closer to seventy, and Schwarber and his camp were closer to eighty. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you're looking at twenty million for what you're expecting to either be, because and this is what myself and Kevin have really talked ourselves into about Schwarber, he can hit anywhere, yep. as in he can be your leadoff hitter some days, and he can be your cleanup hitters other. Um, so we love that about him because obviously that's that's two of the Phillies' biggest holes. If you're looking at 20 million, you know, roughly for your cleanup hitter, um, you're in a really good spot. Yeah. If you're looking at 20 million for an elite leadoff hitter, you're you're in a pretty good spot. Um, you know, he's been on really good teams in the past. He was a big part of that Cubs team that won the World Series. He, he played a huge part with the Red Sox um, this this past postseason. You know, where he came in late on that team and was just hitting tanks. He was just hitting tanks uh, yeah. off Garrett Cole, off everybody. Um, so, yeah, I feel like it's just it's trending in the right direction. He's a big power bat. The Phillies have been missing that type of power bat to slot behind Bryce Harper. Obviously, as the Kevin Long connection, he's still relatively young. I feel like my perception of him was yeah. like, I was like, yeah, this dude's got to be like 34 or something. No, he's pretty young. Yeah. So he, he can be a core piece alongside Bryce um, and JT and then and the rest of the guys. So, yeah, I've definitely talked myself into this one. Hopefully the second the lockout's finished, Dombrowski's on the phone. Yeah, like saying, All right, let's, let's get this thing finished. He said to be a big clubhouse guy too, which is huge. I mean, it's such an underrated aspect. I mean, you play 162 games. It's important to have those type of players. And he's said to be a winner um, by all accounts that I've seen. So, you know, I'm, I'm fully on board. It's, I still want them to do something else. I don't know if he can be your only move. Um, but he's he helps move the needle. I mean, David, he could probably hit what he hit thirty eight homers last year, thirty five, forty playing at Citizens Bank Park. I mean, I think he could, forty forty would be in the conversation. I yeah, think it would I be in the conversation. Yeah, I mean, he and he hits tanks too. So. <laughs> he does hit tanks. He's a very fun player to watch, yeah. and and, uh, and it'll be fun to see people try to pronounce his name. Yeah, the, the casuals are going to have a, a tough time. It's going to be it's going to be fun. And it just feels like, and we say this about so few players, it feels like he was built for a city like Philly. Um, he's played in Chicago. He's played in Boston. I mean, those are two like, huge markets. <laughs> two, two of the tougher baseball markets to play yeah. in. And he thrived in both. He seemed to really, you know, rise up to the occasion with those teams, both figuratively and literally. Um, so I yeah. feel like he'd just be a great fit. Yeah, Citizens Bank Park is a dream park for him. Um, you know, hitting to the short, short right field. Um, again, he can hit leadoff. He can hit cleanup. Connection with mean, Kevin Long. It lengthens their lineup. I mean, I mean, it, it, think of how much better Reese Hoskins can be without all the pressure of being the guy. Because like, I kind of view Hoskins, you know, the more I watch him play and I, wa I watch his career progress, he reminds me of Pat Burrell. And Pat Burrell's, he really settled in once the Phillies had all those bashers in front of him and he could just settle in and play that role. I think Hoskins be a great number five hitter on a team that has other hitters in the lineup because then you can hit Hoskins fifth. You can hit Real Muto sixth. It, it just completely lengthens your lineup all the way down. You don't have to hit Real Muto cleanup. You don't have to hit Reese Hoskins second. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, we've – no, you're 100% right. With, with both JT and Reese, where these two, I feel like, especially last year, really felt the, the wrath of – Phillies nation because there was yeah. so much pressure on them to produce 
hitting behind Bryce Harper because Bryce was doing you know MVP season just ridiculous, always on base, always hitting doubles, always in scoring position. Um, and that's tough because, you know, I think we both like JT and Reese, but they're not the most elite of elite hitters. Whereas a guy like Schwarber can be that. He can sit behind a Bryce and he can he can just drive him in endlessly. Um, and then you yeah. look at what Reese probably batting fifth, JT batting sixth. That, that, that's a pretty deep lineup. Yeah. And I, I mean, then you hit boom, boom, seventh or eighth. You know, I mean, it, yeah. it just lengthens the lineup completely. Would definitely put them in a good spot. Um, now, obviously, the one, the one downfall to Schwarber is is he might be as bad, if not worse, of a defender <laughs> than the Phillies' previous left field options in uh, mainly Andrew McCutcheon. He's not he's not a defense guy. Um, he's also which, not a loser. He's not a loser. Yeah, McCutcheon's a loser. Um, <laughs> but if if they do go the Schwarber route, which I think we've come to terms on, we both think it's going to happen. They got to get somebody in center field who can cover some ground because even Bryce, he's, I mean, he was a gold glove candidate two years ago. Um, it looks like he's slowing down a little bit. I know the back has been given some issues and that's okay because he's there for the bat. We don't really care about his defense, but you can't, you can't have an average defender in my opinion in center. You need someone who's going to give you plus defense in center field. And that's where Kevin Kiermaier has started to enter the conversation I believe it was Jim Salisbury as well reported that the Phillies had some talks with the Rays about Kiermaier again. Lockout screwed everything up. Kevin Kiermaier, a little bit of injury history, not a threat at the plate, but arguably the best defensive center fielder in baseball. Kevin Platinum Woody Glove, man. Either Platinum Glove, right? Most positive he has Platinum Glove. He might. Gold glove, yeah, and Platinum Glove. Okay, there you um, go. Yeah, he's one of the greatest defenders in baseball. You know, I mean, it's a guy who consistently is pretty mediocre with the bat, but just pumps out a really good war score because he just covers so much ground and plays such good defense in center field. Um, it, it's it's honestly funny because it's kind of exactly what the Phillies need. You know, like you were just talking about. I mean, imagine having him out there. Uh, how much of a difference he would have made this year. You know, this season, you know, with McCutcheon in left field, how much of a difference it would have made having him out there uh, instead of Odubel Herrera or, you know, Moniak or any other name you want to throw in there that was that was out there. Um, you know, I do wish he could do a little bit <clears throat> more offensively, excuse me, but at the same time, I mean, if he's going to hit eighth and he's just going to play dominant defense in center field, I mean, you know, you need a guy like that on your roster. You know, not every guy is going to be a superstar. He's been on winning ball clubs. He's been on Tampa Bay, who's been one of the best teams in baseball the last five years. Yeah, he, he fits the bill. You know, Dombrowski at the start of the offseason said he wanted to bring in guys who knew how to win, and, and Kiermaier undoubtedly knows how to win baseball games. Um, you know, I think the tricky part with him is I want to say his salary's uh, $10 million at the end of the season, roughly. Got to find a way to fit that in the payroll. Of course, they're they're going to first have to figure out the Schwarber thing and if they want to add any more pitching. But, um, you know, with Buxton off the market, because Buxton signed an extension with the Twins, Kiermaier is my number two. You know, uh, when I did my perfect offseason, I flirted with the idea of putting him over Buxton just because I felt he was more obtainable. Um, you know, he is a guy who he's just so good at defense. I don't care about the bat. I don't care about the bat. I don't care about anything else. He's going to slot in the center field. And he's going to save runs. Um, you know, in the past 
two, three seasons, the Phillies have been bleeding runs in the outfield, and it's been hurting their pitching staff. You put a Kiermaier behind a guy like Zach Wheeler, behind a guy like Aaron Nola, I think you're going to see their uh, their FIP and their ERA start to get a little closer, whereas that's not been the case the past couple of seasons. They've been yeah. – They've been drastically far apart, and it's really it's really hurting the pitching staff. So I, I think he's a guy that they should aggressively target just because we know for a fact he's on the trade block. The Rays have told teams publicly, like, hey, we're trying to move this guy. Go figure it out. Go see if you can get the Rays to eat some of his salary. Um, and yeah, I think bring we wanted him last year. I think if we went back and listened to bullpen blues from a, years ago, a year ago, he was a guy we had tagged as well and with Blake Snell. Yeah, no, I hope yeah. so because he's he's a stud. And again, the injury thing, whatever, because again, the Phillies aren't in a position where they can play it safe and just put a stopgap in center field. They got to get someone who can actually hold down the position. Yeah. Um, look, if they come away with Kevin Kiermaier, Kyle Schwarber, Knievel, you know, another reliever and, and like another depth piece, you know, for the bench and, and the rotation, I think that's a pretty good offseason for a team that. They have, like, we've talked about a million times. Like, they have the talent, they just don't have the depth. And, like, adding those kind of players is going to make a significant difference. I would like to see the Phillies also bring back Brad Miller. Uh, I don't know what kind of market he's going to generate, um, but that's another name that I saw floated out that they could possibly look to re sign. Um, I mean, you know how we feel about Bambi Brad on the show, even during his horrific stretch. Um, we stopped by his side. So, need Bambi Brad back as well. Um, definitely needed another rotation piece, though, David. I think that's something that gets overlooked. Um, it doesn't have to be like a star pitcher, but they need like another arm that they're going to be able to trot out there. Because you know, what's Zach Eflin's situation? Like, is he going to be ready? You know, it's going to be interesting to see what happens as he re-injured that patella tendon in his knee. Um, it's not good, David. In in, in his twenties, to have this injury again, I think it's just two separate times now. He had it in the other knee as, as well. You notice a guy I've always been really high on. I'm, I'm concerned. I'm concerned about his future uh, with the Phillies and just his career in general because, like I said, that's twice now that this has happened. You know, it's not going to be easy to, to rebound from. Yeah, my, my early read on that is that I don't think he's going to be ready. I don't think he's going to be there at spring training. I think he's going to miss some time. And then on top of that, uh, Wheeler, Nola, Gibson – they all pitched a whole lot of innings last year, like yeah. an excessive amount. Pretty sure. Nolan Wheeler specifically threw a ton yes. of innings. And I think Gibson, if I had to guess, I don't know this for a fact, it, it, he was probably pushing his career high in innings considering how much Texas used him um, early on. So all three of them, um, you know, they're definitely in a spot. I mean, we saw it last year how often they were hurting in, in, in the pitching rotation, how often they need another arm. So I totally agree. I don't know where they're going to find that. Um, they're not in a position where they can go sign a top-end starter. I don't think that's what they need. But they do need somebody on a relatively cheap deal who can come in and be that number six starter and then maybe slot into the bullpen um, You know, as the season progresses, as Zach Eflin hopefully returns to the rotation later in the year. Yeah, um, I did just look it up, too. Gibson threw 182. His career high was 194. So Yeah, right up there. there. So, yeah, yeah. so um, – yeah, and he's going to be 34 years old. So it, he should be their number five. So it's important that even if you don't make a significant splash, you have to get a guy in here who can eat some innings for you and be competent, you know, not just go out there and get shelled. 
Yeah, because like you look, you can go chuck out Bailey Falter and like Christopher Sanchez. You can throw these guys back out there, but we saw what it is. It's not going to work long term. It's, it's not going to be good enough to win you games in August, you know, and in September. You you need guys who have actually been there and done it because that that's the situation the Phillies are in. Well, I mean, the Phillies are in the situation where they have to go. Yeah, they can't sit absolutely. on their hands. Yeah, they we got to go. They got to sign guys. <laughs> we've, been, we've been waiting a long time. If their their star players are in their prime, like this is it. This is it. Um, you know, with that said, kind of on that segueing right in that topic, the the lockout. Um, you know, that's going on right now. The, the players association, the owners, are obviously discussing a few things, most predominantly about money. But I think around baseball, the Phillies are probably one of the more affected teams by this lockout for a few reasons. Number one being the DH. Um, the Phillies need the DH. It would yes. hurt them a little bit in terms of – They needed it last year. <laughs> Kevin, they needed it years ago yeah. when they were playing Hoskins in left field. Um, you know, I think the DH might hurt them a little bit in the short term in terms of landing Schwarber because his, his money would go up, but that's okay. Um, but in the long run, you look at their roster. Bones a DH. Okay. Hoskins is a DH. Bryce Harper is going to be a DH in a couple of years. JT's probably going to be a DH in a couple of years. Didi Gregorius, who's still on the team, he's a DH. Um, Schwarber, if they sign him, he's a DH, right? Like, we, we can go on forever. Yeah. This is a very DH-heavy team. They need that spot, whether they put Bohm there or Hoskins there or they just rotate the position. It's something they need. Additionally, the luxury tax. Uh, it would really benefit the Phils if it went up a little bit. Um, they need some more wiggle room. They're still pressed up against that number, um, you know, especially with Didi still on the roster. They're still paying him fourteen million. Um, don't get me started, Dave. Don't ruin yeah. my day. It's only ten a.m. I don't um, know. Already. You know, they have enough money right now to go get a guy like Schwarber to bring in a guy like Knebel to, to add a couple depth pieces, but they could really use some more wiggle room to bring in that six starter to maybe more aggressively address center field, maybe go get a shortstop. You never know. Uh, maybe to get someone better than Schwarber. I mean, Chris Bryant's still out there if they want to go that route. Um, need him. Need him. Need him. Maybe yeah. get him both. I don't know. Yeah, maybe, yeah, sign them both. Sign and throw in Trevor's story. Who cares? Yeah, we want to address real quick. I see people acting like Chris Bryant's going to come in and play center field every day for the Phillies. Like, get a grip. <laughs> like, come on. <laughs> like, there's just no way. There's no way. No way. I, I saw one. I think I sent it to it. They had Bryant in center, Schwarber in left. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I can't even fathom who else it was. It's like, it was like the worst defensive yeah. baseball team in history. I said, is this the worst defensive team in the history of the sport? Like, what the, what the hell is this? Um, like, he's not going to play everyday center field. Maybe could he play some innings there? And probably it's probably not ideal for him to do that. Just throw but, the shortstop while you're yeah, at it. Who cares? Yeah. There's just just get that idea out of your minds. That is not going to happen. Even if they sign him and not Schwarber, he's not playing center field. Yeah, he would be a solid third baseman. He'd be a really like good left? left fielder, not not yeah. a center fielder. Yeah, he like, can stand like said, out there he, once he in a while. Some innings, maybe, but like, how good is he really going to be defensively? Especially if you got Schwarber and left and Harper and right. That is just they're not going <laughs> to get to anything. Just a bunch of traffic cones out there. <laughs> like, I, I, I just want to you know, get that out of your mind, people. Like, that's not happening. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I think everyone knows at this point how we feel about Schwarber on this yeah. podcast. Or uh, about Brian. We love him. I, if I'd they've take been following him. along, yeah. 
yeah, you know, I'd, I'd take him over over Schwarber in a heartbeat. I'm not sure how realistic that is, but uh, yeah, not not as a center fielder. Yeah, he's not playing um, center. <laughs> but yeah, but between the DH and the luxury tax, um, it, it's going to be an impactful lockout whenever it does decide to get wrapped up and then the new CBA is agreed upon. And I think I think that's why Dombrowski was a little patient at the start. You know, go get Kniebel, get your closer, lock that position up. But for the most part, if, if they add twenty million to the tax. Huge. You're saying, mm-hmm. forget Schwarber, I'm going for KB, right? If yeah. it stays the same, you're getting Schwarber. If, if, if there's no DH, maybe you think twice about Schwarber and you go after someone yeah. who can play a little more defense. Like It's very impactful. Well, you got to think, too, because if they agree to no DH on the CBA, I mean, it's not going to change next year, like, to be in the CBA. Like, that would be a part of the next – I don't know, what do they run, 10, 15 years? Like, that'd be a part of it. So it's, it's kind of an important piece. Um, and just to touch on how we, you know, you ran through pretty much everyone on the roster who's a DH. You know, you know what would help that dilemma is if they play to their potential offensively. You know, like, you can survive with a little bit of a worse defense, and, and it's something that the Phillies experienced this past year. I mean, Harper's the only one that played to his caliber that he was able to. Um, if you don't have a great defense, you have to outscore your opponents. I mean, obviously, you have to do with that anyway. But if you're not going to be good at reducing runs, you got to make sure you put runs on the board. And they didn't have – I think they had a 690 OPS in the second half outside of Bryce Harper. So, like, they were all below average offensive players. Um, so, you know, if if they're going to run with all these guys who don't play great defense, they have to hit. You know? Yeah, no, you you nailed it. Um, they do have to hit the baseball, which I think is why you know the Phillies are interested in a guy like Schwarber, who, who tends to hit wherever he goes. And like, look, yeah, yeah not a good defender. He's never going to be a good yeah. defender. He's going to get worse. Until people are saying, throw him at catcher, get yeah. JT a day off because you know he came up as a catcher. Yeah, um, <laughs> put him at first base, whatever. Uh, yeah. But yeah, look, he I think he could play first base. Though. He probably could. Um, yeah, he definitely could. Yeah. But um. But yeah, I think I think Dombrowski's looking at this team and he's saying, look, we, we got to hit the baseball first and then we'll figure out the defense side of thing. Um, you know, and I, I think that's where, look, hypothetically, let's say they get Schwarber, they get Kiermaier, they add some pitching depth, they bring back a guy like Brad Miller. I think that's a good baseball team. I think it's a very good baseball yeah. team. I think it's a team that will compete with, with the Braves. It'll compete with the Mets. It'll be right in the mix. Do I think it's instantly a playoff contender? No. Um, could be. It could be, but I'm yeah. not. I'm not penciling them. I'm not putting them down in sharpie. But I think it puts them in a good position where if they get to the deadline and they're close, they can actually go for it because they have a better built core as opposed to just Bryce Harper and a bunch of guys, which is which is where they were at. That's last basically, year. what they were, yeah. Mm-hmm. Whereas um, hopefully we're at the deadline and you have Harper, Schwarber, Hoskins, JT, and a bunch of guys. And then you can you can maybe look to to mix around the other pieces and you know maybe Bryson Stott and Alec Omar are our key players this year you know fingers crossed but it'll put them in a better position to go get the guys they need to actually gear up for a run. No, I totally agree. Um, and let's face it, man, we're starved here. We're starved for a competitive team. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out, David. But I, I think that's something that can't be overlooked and. You know, I wanted Hector Neris back, but just changing the culture of this roster, I think, can have a lasting impact. Like, 
because in reality, David, like I don't think they were terrible last year. I just think they had a lot of losers on their team. You know, I, I think that that goes far. I mean, I remember guys dropping pop ups and you know just laughing, laughing in a big game in August. You know, just laughing it off, and it's like, what what are we doing? <laughs> like, I don't want to see you laughing out there, dude. Like, it, it's like stupid stuff like that. Like. It's going to go a long way. And, you know, for, for as much as I like Hector Neris, um, he was on some putrid teams, just some awful baseball teams. Um, somebody has to perform on those teams. So, um, you know, I, I talk to our buddy Joe Sigismondi all the time about it. He always mentions how changing the culture is going to be big. And I, I think that's, that's a fair point. You know, uh, it can go a long way to get some guys who are winners in the clubhouse. Yeah, no, and, and you know, we, we've been talking about this for over a year. Um, look, yeah. they, they tried to go the, the super, you know, and I hate to just bash on guys because, look, Andrew McCutcheon. Loser. He seems, oh, hate yes, but he seems like a really nice guy. You know, Hector Neres, Freddie Galvez, Ronald Torres, like all these guys. Like they seem really nice and friendly. Andrew Knapp seems like everybody loves Andrew Knapp, but like they just weren't good enough and it sucks, but that's just the truth. And like, I hate to be this guy because it sounds like I'm, I'm, you know, 70 years old screaming in a cloud. Kevin, I'd rather have a bunch of guys who aren't super likable and are pricks in the clubhouse and are rude to reporters and maybe aren't the most friendly off the field. But if they can win games, if they can get this team to October, I simply don't care winning like, winning cures all man like i mean Knebel, for example like he's he's using this as, as as a way to leverage his own money that's why he signed with philly because he wants to get paid down the road i simply don't care that's fine if you can come in and get 40 saves i don't care where you sign with next come be good for us this year and it's all it's all good on my end i so like i don't i don't have this huge sentimental feeling towards losing guys like hector and nap and my like I just I, don't I, care. You you changed my perspective on that too because I remember I texted you and I was like, "Damn, Hector!" And you're like, "Dude, like, who cares?" <laughs> and like, the more I think about it, I'm like, "You know what? You're right." <laughs> like again, good Why good pitcher. Care? Like he's a good reliever. I think he's going to be really good with Houston. I'm oh, he's going to be awesome, dude. He's, he's going to be great. Awesome. I think he's going to be great. I literally think he's probably going to have the best two years of his career with Houston because he's going to be in such a good position. He was not going to do that with Philadelphia. He just no. wasn't. It wasn't going to happen. Dude, I, you know you can see it now. It's going to be uh, – Knievel will be struggling in, in June. Neris will be dominating. And it's going to be, well, maybe, you know, if they re-signed up for Neris. There's going to be polls. There's going to be polls <laughs> everywhere. Like, which picture would you rather have? With yeah, the there's no doubt. Uh, I want to say the Phillies open the season. They do. Season, they which do. I will, I will be there. I will be there. Oh, I'm going. I've will. already decided that. I'm going to be there opening day in Houston with a bunch of crazed Astros fans. Uh, hey, for you, for those of you who don't know, David is officially a Texan. I am. I've been here long enough. I'm a Texan. Yeah, uh, it's been what, like six to eight months now. I moved like June first. I think I was down here. So yeah, just over six months. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, you're holding it down for us you now. <laughs> do some scouting down near H Town. So I'll try to get a bullpen seat and talk to you. Like, what's up? Man? <laughs> what's going on? Um, but yeah, man. Um, Always great to hop on, dude. 
Glad to, yeah, we've been struggling to find time. And, uh, you know, for our listeners, there's just nothing going on. I mean, well, there's a lockout. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, like, you know, what are we going to do? Get on here and just talk about the same stuff over and over and over. I mean, like, we kind of need stuff to get moving. Uh, so, appreciate everyone's patience. And it's, it's always great to hop on, talk Phillies baseball. Even in, uh, what is it, December what? 14th. In the midst of a lockout on December 14th. Yeah, we'll wake up and talk baseball. That is where my mind is at, and yeah, and I think I think what we've kind of agreed is uh, maybe a little break until until the lockout ends, just because again, yeah, look, there's nothing. There, there's about. nothing to talk about. And if if the Phillies go make a sick minor league signing, we will jump yeah. on and we will because apparently that's allowed, which is yeah, crazy. Well, that and Verlander's deal. Yeah, Verlander, that they can sign him. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, but yeah, fingers crossed this ends soon. This ends swiftly, and then you know my assumption is the second this thing ends. There's going to be a flurry of moves. Yeah, well, it's going to have Quentin. to be because if you think about it, David, in reality, we're like two months away from pitchers and catchers. Yeah, and they're not going to get this done over the holidays. Everyone's going on vacation. No, no doubt. Yeah, yeah. no. Um, but, man, wow, when you think about it like that, we're two months out. Both exciting and daunting. Um, yeah, I can't wait. Yeah, I'm already excited. Um, with that said, Kevin, hopefully the next time we're on this podcast, we're talking about Kyle Schwarber Oops. in, in red pinstripes. Going to need him to be here, yeah? That so, is, uh, you've got no other choice. That is hopefully the next time we will talk. Uh, with that said, yeah, thanks, everyone, uh, for tuning in. We're all we're all excited. Hang in there with us. Um, hopefully this is all done soon and we can uh, start talking more about the offseason. Um, but, yeah, we are the Bullpen Blues, and we will talk to you all next time. Go Phils.